Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bet America. Right now, they're running a promotion where they're offering new players a risk-free bet up to $1,000. All you've got to do is register for a Bet America account and opt into the promotion. From there, place a bet, and if the first settled bet loses, Bet America will reward players bonus funds in the amount of the losing bets up to $1,000. Eligibility and restrictions apply. See the website for details. On today's show to jam about NFL props is Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports. But first, let's have some fun. Looking at the NFL slate, I've got an action down on two games so far. First, we got the Texans at Raiders over under 51 and a half. And here's my logic. The Raiders are giving up almost 48% conversions on third down, which is fourth worst in the NFL. And the Texans are at 46%, sixth worst. On the flip side, looking at the offenses, we've got, got two teams with very good third down conversions. Houston is fourth at 48%. And get this, this blew my mind. The Oakland Raiders are second in the NFL at 50% conversions on third down. So what does this say to me? Defenses aren't going to be stopping the offenses. I'm taking the over at 51 and a half. Just win, baby. Next game, we've got the 49ers at home, minus six, taking on the Carolina Panthers. And right now, I'm looking to fade the 49ers because their perception is at an all-time high for this season. The Panthers, they're coming off a bye. And I'm looking to see, all right, why should I take the Panthers? I see them as a live dog. Why? On the season, they've got a plus 33-point differential. There's also been a lot more peace and harmony with Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen under center as opposed to Cam Newton, and this feels more like Christian McCaffrey's team. For me, give me the Panthers getting six points. The ceiling is the roof. As for my Big Mick bet of the week. I see they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. I've got a five-team Moneyline parlay for you, primarily football, or primarily football, primarily NFL, but we've got one college game. And this is a bet that is good for the entertainment better as we're sprinkling things all around the TV schedule. So first, we're going to take Utah minus 14.95 on Saturday, taking on Cal as 21-point favorites. Then we're going to head over to the NFL. And actually, we're going to start with the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday night, taking on the Redskins. They're 16.5-point favorites, minus 12.05 on the money line. Up next... We're going to go to London. We've got the Rams as 13-point favorites taking on the Bengals. They're minus 740 on the money line. Up next, we've got a 4 p.m. game. We've got the Patriots laying 13 at home taking on the Browns. Money line is minus 660. And then lastly, we're going to go and cap this off on Monday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers is 14-point favorites taking on the Miami Dolphins. Money line is minus 805. So to recap these, I've got Utah, the Vikings, Rams, Patriots, and Steelers all on money line. What do I like about this? 
they're all at home. What gives me hesitation here? The NFL, as we've seen, is a little bit more of a roller coaster. Some of these teams, which are the higher point spreads, we've seen them lose in weeks leading up to this. So I am a little uneasy with the amount of NFL action here. And on the college football side, there just wasn't a lot of money lines that I liked compared to the NFL. So that's my big make bet of the week. A $10 bet pays out $6.98, which isn't bad. Tons of entertainment value here. And I want to hear from you. Create a big Mick money line parlay and send it over to me on Twitter at Rob Cressy. All you've got to do is put together a parlay that's a money line of a bunch of teams. Your level of risk is completely up to you. And for me, my goal is just to create a winning bet and have some fun. And by the way, I want to give a shout out. Greg Lede from the Sharks Sharp 600 community already sent over his big Mick bet of the week. Get this, a 19-team college football money line parlay that pays 17 to 1. I like your style, Greg. Have mercy. Ultimate race is coming. On your marks. The fall 2019 ultimate race starts Monday, November 11th, and your chance to buy for $10,000 in cash and prizes, including a $5,000 grand prize and weekly prize packs. The rules are simple. Make a maximum of four picks each day, and the first person to reach 200 wins the race. Make sure to register now for Cover's most popular free-to-play contest, brought to you by our friends at Bet America. If you smell what the rock is cooking. It's NFL Week 8, and to help you be a more informed better, joining me from Yahoo Sports is Brad Evans. You can follow him at Yahoo Noise. Brad, great to have you on the show. Hola, amigo. Mas tequila. I need a lot of it to endure uh, how much money I've lost in the NFL this season. Ah, yes. That's why we preach <laughs> bankroll management. That that's way right. you don't get too high, you don't get too low. So what we're going to jam about today is props. And given your connection to the fantasy sports yep. industry, as well as so many of us, there's a big opportunity there for betters. But before we get to that, I want to try out something new. Every week, our goal is to pick sports betting winners. I'm always looking for new ways, though, to chop things up and see if we can get a new perspective. So instead of picking a winning bet, I want to pick a losing bet to be contrarian in our thinking. So would you like to go first with a losing bet, or would you like me to go first? No, you tee it up for me. Uh, you go first. You're the gentleman here. I'm just uh, the popper. All right. So let's start with process. So it's like, all right, we're going to yeah. try and create a losing bet. So naturally, you start with the worst teams. You're like, all right, the worst teams, but here's the problem. The worst teams are always getting points, and it's usually the larger points. And over the long haul, double-digit spreads from a percentage standpoint is traditionally going to win. And this year, road teams are crushing, and underdogs are doing well. So everything that you would naturally think gets thrown out the window which leads me to favorites. So I'm like, is there one that's overvalued or someone that I don't trust? And I really had a hard time with this. I looked at the Bears minus three and a half versus the Chargers, but I don't trust the Chargers to hold up their end of the bargain, especially with a bad offensive line against the Bears pass rush. 
And what I settled on was the Lions minus six and a half taking on the Giants. Why? Can I see the Lions losing? Yes. Should they be almost touchdown favorites right now, especially with carry on Johnson out? Not so sure about that. So the Lions are my losing bet minus six and a half. Ooh, I like that one. That's interessante. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you veered away from my Chicago Bears uh, because that game could be disastrous on either side of the ball. I mean, the Bears can't run the damn ball right now. They're number 31 in offensive line, a run blocking efficiency. So near bottom barrel in the league in that category. Matt Nagy's a nincompoop. It's official. He's a moron. Uh, he even said last week, he goes, I'm no idiot. I know we need to run the ball more. <laughs> Yet you gave Dave Montgomery four measly touches after you gushed about him endlessly, tirelessly, uh, just 10 weeks ago. So, yeah, I, I think that's a smart move. Not even touching that game. The Bears are lousy. I'm losing money in the process because uh, I took him earlier in the season. Think, oh, yeah, I'm going to ride the high of last year. As a Bears fan, I'm going to bet with my heart instead of my head. And now uh, I am paying the price as a result of it. Uh, I think you brought up an excellent point in, in the loser perspective there. You know, the lousy teams that are out there, the large lines. Yeah, I'm going to throw another one out there for you because strange things happen across the pond. It is truly the upside down if you're a Stranger Things fan. Anytime a game is played in London, the Bears know, for example, you know, a couple of weeks ago against the Raiders, and which was a huge windfall for some of those Indiana casinos there uh, with Bears fans flocking from the Chicago-led area to place down uh, their hard-earned cash on, uh, on Chicago and losing in the process. But, you know, I'm going to go to Cincinnati and the L.A. Rams. Uh, the Rams are laying 13 in this game. Cincinnati's terrible. There's no question about it. You know, they're winless. Uh, their, their defense on the ground is despicable. They're wretched in every form and fashion. So, naturally – you'd be inclined to say, oh, the Rams are going to win this game going away. They're going to win by 20. This is going to be an easy cover. Uh, and that's where the public is siding right now. 77% of uh, the public spread tickets, according to Sports Insights, right now on the Rams. But I think the Cincinnati Bengals have enough offensively, and not to mention the Rams defensively, even with Jalen Ramsey in uniform, are suspect, particularly defending the run. And I know the Bengals have done a terrible job opening up gaps for Joe Mixon, but this just reeks, just smells of backdoor cover. So if you want to pay the majority, if you're looking for a losing bet, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and say, take the Rams in that instance. I think Cincinnati finds a way to cover. And you actually brought up a great point because one thing that I believe in is the 80-20 rule. When 80% yep. of the action is on one side, I go on the other. And is it going to be comfortable when everyone's like, this is what to do? And also remember this. Remember the perception of the Rams after that 49ers game. Sure, they sort of bounced back against the crappy Falcons, though. But is everything fixed there? And I'm not so certain that it is. But we have recency bias. Oh, they just beat the Falcons. Listen, everybody beats the Falcons. So it's not really <laughs> that good of a thing. So I really like your thought process. It's not comfortable, but it actually fits the criteria of what we're looking for. Yeah, exactly. And just kind of to harp on what you uh, addressed there. I mean, you look at Jared Goff. His numbers have fallen off a cliff. I mean, he's basically dead at uh, the bottom of the valley right now in terms of some of his production. You know, his YPA has dropped off dramatically from last year. It was A-plus in that category. Now it's right around seven. And this is an offense uh, in the Sean McVay scheme that is predicated on play action. And his uh, passer rating last season was 115 in that category. This year, it's 71. And they can't run the ball effectively. 
though you should have success against Cincinnati, which has allowed the second most fantasy points this season to the running back position. So, again, I, I just think the Bengals find a way uh, to sneak a cover here. This is probably going to be a 10-point victory for the Rams there across the pond. All right, so fantasy sports, we all love it. And we're going to talk now about player props. And what I want you to do is to let us into your mindset for how you select them. Because as I started doing research for this, I found it to be very labor intensive. What <laughs> I did in terms of my, pro I mean, compared to what I'm looking at for the games, it wasn't as uh, in my face because I had to go through each game and see yep. which players were good. So then naturally I was like, all right, I looked at the fantasy points against on Yahoo, sorted by yards given up. I also looked at DVOA on Football Outsiders to get another perspective on defenses. But I'm curious on what your process is for player props. Yeah, I think you're uh, moving in the right direction there. I mean, there's some wonderful sites out there. As you mentioned, Football Outsiders is one. Uh, Pro Football Focus, you want to break things down to a granular level. Uh, that's another excellent site. If you want more of a 10,000-foot view, yeah, you can look at the points allowed. That Yahoo Sports tracks my employer, like sites like FF Today. There's Aryards.com. I mean, we're in this golden age of advanced analytics. It's almost like the sabermetrics community in baseball has now influenced uh, those in football. And we're seeing all these new measurements and ways to dissect uh, individual games and matchups. And uh, let me emphasize that last point. Fantasy is all about matchups. You know, sometimes it goes awry, it goes, you know, away from – conventional thinking I mean that's that's sports betting too in general but on a case-by-case player-by-player basis hat against hat uh, you can you know ascertain a reasonable outcome of what could occur so uh, there are some great uh, values that are out there in the player prop space and uh, I sent you a list of them uh, that points bet offers and now they do threshold wagering there so it's you know player x hitting a certain number and then you cash if he hits that number or goes above it so let's start off first with Ryan Tannehill, right? 250 passing yards or more this week against Tampa Bay, and it's plus 105. They are printing money, they're putting it in a briefcase, and they are handing it to you here. And the reason why is this. Ryan Tannehill, I know it's a small sample size, but he's looked brilliant here since overtaking for Marcus Mariota's completed 80% of his attempts. He's got a 10-plus uh, in terms of YPA, and it's Tampa. And they're not even tepid. They're just uh, – they're at the bottom of Davy Jones's locker in terms of pass defense, a squad that's given up a 7.7 YPA and 318.5 pass yards per game. Tennessee's at home. This offense seems to be humming along with Tannehill under center. I think he goes way past this number. This could be a 300-yard game in a contest that's got shootout potential. That, to me, is the strongest player prop wager on the board this week. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill last week, 312 yards passing, a far cry from Marcus Mariota. And when you sent me over your list, that struck out to me so much. It seemed yeah. so obvious. And when I was going through my process, like I said, I was having a hard time because some of the players you would naturally go to. So it's like, all right, let me look at the teams who are poor in certain categories. And then you look at what the odds were, and some of them are – minus 228 like for example Sam Darnold was one of them that I liked because uh, I'm bullish on Sam Darnold in general and is 250 yards passing minus 228 and the, the Titans were giving up 251 yards passing a game and I was like 
all right, I get the narrative, but I'm not going to be paying this amount of juice for it. So what I liked about your Ryan Tannehill was, boom, it was right in the sweet spot, and I could buy that narrative. Yeah, and that's the, the problem with a lot of these player prop bets that are offered. Where you look at a points bet or you look at a DraftKings or FanDuel and, and some of the legit houses that are out there is that uh, because there are deficiencies in this market and there are a lot of sports wagers that are starting to understand that more. They're pivoting it away from traditional lines and totals and they're saying, all right, where can I take advantage in the market? It's in the player props, especially if you're a fantasy player and you know the qualification and the way that you think, the way that you're wired, you can see things. But as a result of that, uh, yeah, you just don't see a whole lot of values. But there always, always are a few of them that are out there. Let me give you another example this week. Uh, John Brown. Now, the juice on this, a little bit heavy at minus 113. Will the speedy receiver Smokey from the Buffalo Bills exceed or meet 75 receiving yards this week against Philadelphia? Hell yeah, he's got to hit that number. I mean, have you seen the Eagles play pass defense this year? It's pretty much been non-existent. Even though they've got Ronald Darby back and Jalen Mills in uniform, it doesn't matter. Those guys aren't even a, a prick on the arm, let alone a shot. And John Brown is one of those guys consistently getting over this number in games. Uh, Josh Allen's got a big arm downfield. They're going to connect deep. I would not be at all surprised if he hits three quarters of this number by halftime. So in a game that's got some sneaky shootout appeal there this week in Western New York, I think John Brown will take advantage of a secondary giving up close to eight yards per attempt through the air. And I believe nine wide receivers have gone over this number against this unit this season. So John Brown at minus 113, 75 or more receiving yards definitely falls into that zone of opportunity. Yes, the Eagles giving up 197 yards a game, two wide receivers, second most in the NFL there. So I want to ask you this, though. Let's start talking about why things might not happen because it's easy for us yeah. to, to look into the Tannehill. Boom, I buy it. John Brown, like when you sent me your list, and I, as I started doing my research, I was like, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. But welcome to sports betting and fantasy sports where making sense doesn't always end up happening. So what do you do to potentially stop yourself from a blind spot because it's easy to fall into the narrative that we see. And then all of a sudden, I mean, the number of fantasy teams that have been out there that score 61 points when you're projected to score 150, welcome to the everyday life of the NFL. <laughs> That's precisely right. Just because we think it happens doesn't mean it's a guarantee it will. And, I mean, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Uh, you got to take things on a game-in, game-out game out basis and some of the trends that are out there. And, you know, here's a prime example. I mean, look at this Arizona defense. Um, you know, on paper, they're god-awful, right? But that secondary got Patrick Peterson back last week. And you could say that Mother Nature played an influential factor. It was rainy. Uh, in the Meadowlands against the Giants. The Giants struggles as a result of it. But, uh, you know, Patrick Peterson is a difference maker. I mean, they gave up just a 6.4 YPA last week. And you look at the Saints, you might go into a wager, and I don't know what the threshold bet is or the over-under on receiving yards for Michael Thomas is in this game. But you might say to yourself, you know, at, at first blush, oh, my God, Michael Thomas is go for like 115 yards and a couple of touchdowns. I mean, this is guaranteed to happen. There's no way that Arizona's going to be able to stop him. Well, yeah, they can. And, you know, you shouldn't be swayed by the numbers as a whole. Uh, don't be swayed by, you know, that perspective. Look at what Peterson has done in his career. Look at what Peterson did last week. Uh, and knowing that, you know, maybe pivoting away from a Michael Thomas is a smart move. Maybe instead of investing in him on a prop bet, you go with a Ted Ginn Jr., 
for example, instead. Uh, or maybe you go with Latavius Murray if Alvin Kamara can't go with that high ankle sprain. With or without Drew Brees, it really doesn't matter. So you really got to take things in and from a, a lens of a case-by-case basis and don't be necessarily swayed by the big picture. Yeah, and for me, I was looking at that Raiders-Texans game, and naturally I'm like, let's see what DeAndre Hopkins is. And it was, in order for me to get uh, like minus 110 or minus 115, something that's comfortable, it was over 125 yards passing. And everyone's like, oh, dude, DeAndre Hopkins, he can blow up. But guess what? When you look at his game log this year, only twice has he hit 100 yards, and at no point has he hit 125 yards in a game. That being said, he could go off for 250. But remember, the narrative that we want to have happen doesn't always happen. Yeah, and I think that's a great example there with DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he has been kind of a nickel and dimer uh, for much of the season, almost like a glorified Julian Edelman in a way. It's very odd uh, with a guy with his type of skill set how he has been utilized more or less in the short field. So you can look at stuff like yards per target, average depth of target, also known as dot. Those are strong indications of how a player is being used, air yards. Now, to speak to that example that you pulled from, you know, again, like I said, pivoting away from the star with the Saints and going with Ted Ginn instead of a Michael Thomas in that contest, you could veer away from uh, DeAndre Hopkins and go with a Kenny Stills because Will Fuller's out of the hamstring injury. Stills has that big playability. We know that Oakland ranks top five in most total air yards allowed on the season. They're giving up north of eight yards per attempt through the air. And now Stills is in a prime position to see an increased target share with Fuller again and street clothes and his field stretching abilities. He is number one in the NFL among all eligible wide receivers in yards per target. So if you're looking for one of those threshold wagers or if you want to you know, bet on the over, yeah, Kenny Stills is brittle. But if he can remain upright in this game, 100 yards entirely capable of achieving. I was on the same wavelength as you, but here's the thing. When I looked at points bet, Kenny Stills was not an option. Will Fuller still was. So I think the players like the Chase Edmonds of the world, the Kenny Stills, we will be looking for them because I do see the value. So as we wrap this up, you had a few more picks. Can you rapid fire through them? Because I did like your thought process on some of them. Yeah, let's go Philip Lindsay. Uh, 75 or more rush yards at plus 111 against the Indianapolis Colts, a unit uh, that you can beat in the trenches. Uh, you know, the Broncos' offensive line was an absolute punchline last week against Kansas City. Uh, I think, uh, again, I'm not going to be swayed. I'm not going to be influenced uh, with drunk recency bias. I think he gets over this number. He'd be the fourth rusher to do that this year. Aaron Jones, 75-plus rush yards at minus 113 against Kansas City. Again, this Chiefs defensive line has been a sieve with the exception of last week uh, against Denver in a game that just got out of control in terms of script. They've given up five yards per carry, the running back position. I think Aaron Jones, even though he's going to surrender some touches to Jamal Williams, it's going to be more of a Michael Scott game manager version of Aaron Rodgers putting the ball in the belly of Jones. He goes over this number. And I like Saquon as well. This falls into what you were talking about uh, with the New York Giants, the potential value there going against the Lions. And the vulnerability Detroit in the trenches, giving up right around four and a half yards per carry the running back position. If this game is competitive, and I think it's going to be a high-scoring, rock'em, sock'em, robots affair, uh, Saquon's going to hit 100 yards. Uh, and it's plus 190. Plus 190 for him to hit the century mark. So I like that. And I'm just going to throw out a fun teaser for you. Because, again, I've been successful in college football and just terrible hashtag fade the noise in the NFL Give me Wisconsin 
on a six-point teaser parlayed with Illinois. Uh, Illinois at plus 15 and a half. That's with that teaser at six points. And Wisconsin at plus 20 and a half in that one. I am not going to be convinced that Wisconsin is as bad as they showed against my fighting in line eye last week. They will be competitive against Ohio State. And, of course, the public always loves the Buckeyes. Right, and there's nothing Homer at all about your Midwest roots with Wisconsin and Illinois <laughs> on those bets right there as someone who lives in Chicago. Precisely. My heart is still in Illinois, but I do like those wagers this week. Brad, I love this. Where can everybody connect with you? Yeah, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, harass me if you want to. I don't care. At Yahoo Noise. You can follow me on Instagram as well. Uh, at Team Revos with an H. Uh, and check out my television show, The Fantasy Football Hour, which airs on yahoosports.com and nationally on regional sports networks. And I want to hear from you. I would love for you to create a losing bet. Do you have any prop action going on this weekend? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag Sharp 600 and be part of our community. Also, make sure to tag at covers. I'm super active on the weekends during the games. I always tweet out my bets. I would love to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, your feedback is our lifeblood. And if you dig this show, throw us a bone by subscribing, rating, and reviewing, because guess what? When you do, I will give you a shout out on the show. Also, make sure to check into Bet America for a $1,000 risk-free bet. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The Bocadella Devil hit you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Cause you like the way the sound pumps. Pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.